The Avengers Battle the Earthriker by Otto Binder, read for you by John Wilson. Chapter 11 Underground Duel So was the Wasp ready. That was all she was waiting for, to know about those deadly buttons. That was what Goliath had previously whispered to her. After I inveigled cars to spill the beans, keeping his attention on me, you do your stuff as the girl with the swinging stinger. And now, diving down from her perch like a miniature hawk, the wasp aimed her stingray at the alien's hand, poised over his fatal push button. But what was Cars saying? Your petite lady friend thinks I'm unaware of her. And he looked at what seemed to be a wristwatch on his other hand. But my wrist monitor, which magnifies microscopic objects, has been following her all the time. And now she'll have company. Cars flipped a switch. A panel opened in his control board. Out flew a bug that made a peculiar metallic buzz, which rose in an ominous crescendo. In midair, the wasp came to a halt, startled at what she would saw coming. A mechanical bug, she gasped. It was twice her size and was made of gleaming metal, its wings operating from some tiny internal motor. In shape, it was like no one species of insect, but was a hybrid mixture of all types, with six jointed saw-edged legs. It had two huge mandibles that clanged as they opened and shut, and a long steel stinger like a knight's lance. It was a formidable machine-powered robot insect against which frail wasp had no chance. As the entomological Frankenstein came buzzing toward her like a ferocious praying mantis, the wasp frantically began twisting and looping in the air, hoping to elude it. She will never escape that bug bloodhound, promised Cars, watching his miniature monitor. It has target-seeking sensors like a guided missile, attuned to the wasp's human heartbeat. The pounding of her pulse is all the robot bug needs to hang on her trail and duplicate every maneuver she makes. And now, a deadly dogfight between two pseudo-insects took place. No matter which way the wasp darted, the miniature metallic monster followed relentlessly. When she tried a straightaway flight at top speed, the robot bug quickly began putting on steam and overtaking her. An idea struck her. She flew toward the cave wall and darted into a crack in the stone. It's too narrow for him to squeeze in, she breathed thankfully. But outside the crack, the tiny tin terror began extending a steel spring proboscis further and further. At its end were barbs, and Kars's jeering voice drifted to the wasp's ears as he watched all this on his wrist monitor. Those barbs are poisoned, mon chéri. One touch, and you shrivel into a miniature mummy. Wasp was forced to slip aside before the barbed nemesis could reach her, then work her way out of the crack. But now she was in the open again, at the mercy of the pursuing robot insect. Was there no escape for her? Coward! said Cars mockingly to Goliath, who stood helplessly. Why don't you aid your girlfriend? Surely a great giant like you could defeat a mere mechanical bug? But of course, that is just what Goliath couldn't do. Not as Goliath. As Cars gloatingly glued his eyes on his wrist monitor screen, he did not notice Goliath shrinking rapidly and vanishing. 
A moment later, the Ant-Man sprang into action, scuttling across the floor to the Vulcan machine and swiftly climbing it, with many handholds available to him in his tiny size. When he was perched somewhere near the top on a huge pipe, he cupped his lips and called, Wasp! It's me, the Ant-Man! Lead that tin bug over this way! Hearing the shrill shout, Wasp swung up toward the pipe, the mechanical bug pursuing as he was programmed to do. Ant-Man's shout was no warning to its one-track tape-operated computer mind. So it was that Ant-Man was able to time a long, desperate leap and land squarely on the robot bug's back. The force of the impact drove the artificial creature down to the floor with a metallic clank. Hide, Wasp! the Ant-Man shouted. Don't fly! He's only programmed to follow your flying form. If he sees nothing like that, he will stay here and slug it out with me whether he likes it or not. And with that, Ant-Man unwound a terrific blow. Right at your chin, if any, he barked. But the blow that had stunned a tiger beetle and might have knocked other bugs cold had no more effect on the heavy metallic bug than a love pat would. Meanwhile, Cars started and stared closely at his wrist monitor. So, Goliath assumed a tiny form to tackle my robot wasp killer, eh? Well, a twist of the remote controls here beside the monitor, and he'll turn into an invincible Ant-Man killer. The robot bug, indifferent to Ant-Man before, now turned toward him, its beady eye sensors focusing on its new prey, according to the instructions impulse from its alien master. With a prodigious leap, it pounced on the Ant-Man before he could scramble back. Its saw-edged legs raked across Ant-Man's back painfully, and two vise-like mandibles clamped shut, barely missing, biting off his arm. Then Ant-Man wrenched free and swung around, crouching and wondering what next to expect from his formidable foe. He did not have long to wait. The robot bug buzzed into the air and came down Stinger first, ready to impale Ant-Man through and through. With trigger-touch reflexes inherent to his size, Ant-Man sprang back, but now, as he tried to run for hiding, the buzzing mechanical creature darted down time after time with its stinger. And if you try changing back to your Goliath size, warned Cars, I'll sick the killer bug back on the wasp. He hardly needed to add that if the wasp took on human size, Cars could instantly seize the helpless girl. It was a deadly trap, no matter how Ant-Man looked at it. He kept running from the flying robot bug and its steel stinger, before Ant-Man stretched the barren floor that to him was a mile long. Panting, he found it harder each time to avoid that aerial rapier, for his muscles were tiring. Watching his wrist monitor like some Roman emperor at the arena while gladiators fought to the death, Cars used his fingernail to touch a small switch that sent a new command to the robot bug. The coup de grace, spoke Cars aloud. Here it comes, Ant-Man. Don't forget my mechanical flyer is really an attack plane in miniaturized bug-like form. So... And now, to Ant-Man's horror, a flap opened in the side of the flying robot, and a snout poked out. A miniature machine gun began spraying tiny bullets at Ant-Man, kicking up dust at his heels. But Ant-Man's hair, sensitive to subtle vibrations and forces like an insect's antennae, an attribute that automatically came with his bug size, detected something nearby. 
He swung that way toward a bluish stone lying on the cave floor. The bullet-spewing bug now slowed down to set its sights carefully for the killing salvo, but suddenly the robot was yanked through the air by another force and was tumbling out of control. Cars stared at his tiny monitor. Caramba! What happened? Why doesn't it respond to my controls? Because, shouted the tiny ant-man, watching the killer bug sailing at mounting speed, that blue stone I ran toward is a lodestone, a natural magnet, and your mechanical bug, of course, has a steel body. Drawn inexorably to the lodestone, the robot bug crashed into it at high speed and burst apart into wires, wheels, and metallic debris. Muttering what must have been imprecations in his native tongue, the alien poised his fingernail over a red button on the wrist monitor. There's still one thing I can do. I can press the destruction button. Though the robot bug has already burst apart, within its head is a charge of radioisotopic explosive, enough to blow you to eternity, Ant-Man. No, no, cried the wasp, but she was waiting for this. If cars made the wrong move... Like a tiny dive bomber, she zoomed down at his hand, aiming her sting beam. She jabbed deep into his flesh. But nothing happened. Momentarily diverted, Cars saw the buzzing wasp and grinned ghoulishly. Why didn't I yell in pain, my dear? Can you guess? You're an android, gasped the girl in realization. She couldn't sting this insensitive carbon copy of cars and produce pain. But there was something else she could do. The wasp's next dive aimed her sting beam at the android's wrist monitor. All the drilling power struck home, shattering the screen to bits and scattering micro-miniature components underneath. My robot bug's remote controls! Wrecked! cried cars. Right! Saying back the wasp, you can't set off the destruction button now. Ant-Man is safe. Cars the android, himself guided by remote controls and a monitor into which the real Cars was staring elsewhere on Earth, seized an ordinary fly swatter from a hook on the wall. I'll swatch you myself. Swinging the swatter, Cars suddenly turned and stopped abruptly, seeing the giant man towering before him. Ant-Man, back in Goliath form. Yes, and my anger is as big as I am. Suddenly his arms went around cars, force field and all. After all, rumbled Goliath, even with that invisible shield, it's only ten feet around. Yanking the car's android and his energy bubble off the floor, Goliath hurled them straight at the Vulcan machine with titanic force, aiming for electronic devices within its heart. A gigantic spark leaped forth, piercing the energy bubble and electrocuting the android into a blackened mess. It could hardly be called a corpse, since it had never been truly alive. "'Get out of the cave, wasp!' roared Goliath now. As she ran into a side passage through which they had entered before, Goliath strode to where two limestone columns in the middle of the big cavern extended from floor to roof. By some freak of geological processes, through eons of time, two giant stalagmites from the floor and two stalactites from the ceiling had met and merged. 
Crooking an elbow around each of these natural pillars, Goliath strained mightily, knotting every muscle in his massive body. Stone creaked and groaned. Suddenly, like a cannon shot, both limestone pillars snapped. A ceiling weakened by ages of seeping waters now began to collapse, as Goliath had surmised would happen. With a resounding roar louder than a hundred thunderclaps, the entire cavern collapsed inward. Untold tons of rock crashing down on the Vulcan machine, flattening it into a hissing, smoking ruin. Nothing man-made or alien-made could withstand that crushing force, nor anything alive. Wasp, Cars spoke calmly, at his unknown retreat far away, tuning his monitor screen to her. Goliath didn't accomplish anything. When the robot bug chased you away from my control board, I immediately pressed the final push button, sending the ultrasonic broadcast of trigger waves down into the world's crust. Such sonic vibrations, as you know, follow rock strata everywhere. Thus the destruction of my Vulcan machine now was a futile gesture. Cars's voice rang triumphantly. In nine days, along with Earth Dooms 1 and 2, Volcanic Catastrophe number 3 will also happen right on schedule. His frosty eyes stared at the wasp now, and there was a curl on his lips. But I think the end of the world for you has already happened. Goliath, of course, could never come out of the wrecked cavern alive. You're right, murmured the wasp. Absolutely right, Cars. She smiled and lifted up her palm, on which stood a tiny form. But the Ant-Man could. No matter how many broken stones fell and piled up, there was plenty of space between them for an insect-sized man to huddle in safety and then crawl out to freedom. Cars cursed eloquently as he watched the Ant-Man shoot up and assume his human form alongside the wasp. But I'm glad, he said then with a malicious grin. It means that you will be around to die with the rest of the human race nine days from now, when the world comes to an end. Now, aloha. His floating image faded away as a last harsh laugh rippled mockingly through the air. That's true, whispered the wasp. We won against Cars' android, but lost to Cars himself. Well, at least one thing we know, muttered Henry Pym, is that the real Cars, who was neither at Antarctica nor here in the South Seas, must be in the Sahara. Here's hoping Captain America can settle that inhuman monster's hash there. Let's get back to Avenger headquarters fast, said the Wasp, and rejoin Iron Man and Hawkeye there. They must be on the way back. Then we can all go to Cap's Aid in the Sahara. It looks as if the big showdown will be there.